7 in the Green Book, we stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and truly repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter suffering and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose by the assistance of God the Holy Ghost henceforth to amend your sinful lives. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The introit. of death compassed me, the sorrows of hell compassed me about. In my distress I called upon the Lord, and he heard my voice out of his temple. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my Oh, uh-huh. 
Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness, for the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for Septuagesima Sunday is from the first chapter of Jeremiah. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, ah Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put his hand, or put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Here ends the reading. The epistle is from the ninth and 10th chapters of 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Moreover, brethren, (coughs) moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Here ends the epistle. Thee, or 
According to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire, to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. And so so when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those who came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received each a, de- each a-, a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowners, saying, These last men have worked only one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is it your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Here ends the gospel. Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, 
begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and stood on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, the Father and the Son, together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the Lord to come. Amen. You may be seated. Hymn number 16 will be singing alternating. The right side will sing the odd verses and the left side, the even verses.
The sermon text is from Matthew, chapter 20. You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Today's readings make it clear that there is work to do in the Church of Christ. The call to be a disciple in God's church, it's not about laziness. You're not called by Christ to become a a good-for-nothing couch potato who mooches off of the Heavenly Father's refrigerator. No. The call into the kingdom, we see, is a call to labor in the vineyard. No more standing around idle in the marketplace. Don't give me that no one excuse. No one has hired you. When it comes to believers in the kingdom of God, we see that no one is unemployed. Jesus, though, is not looking for a few good men. He wants all men, all men to come, to be saved, and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He goes throughout the days looking for workers, and he says, you go into the vineyard too. The vineyard here at Trinity Lutheran Church, needs men. Men to serve as ushers, to assist the elders who are also serving, preparing God's house for worship. We need women to serve on the altar guild so that the communion vessels are cleansed, polished, ready for use. The pyramids and banners in the church Beautifying of our worship needs attending. Godly parents are needed to bring their children to catechesis, to Sunday school. There are teachers, assistants, maybe even those who will uh, uh, help with the children are needed to help to provide Sunday school. Workers in the vineyard. Donors are needed to pay for the repairs or the improvements to our Facilities, especially as we're uh, taking a look at a, a building, a learning center. Fathers are needed to be the heads of the household. They got work to do. They have to serve their wife and their children tirelessly. Families need to be led in prayers, and their children need to be brought to church. People are needed to pray, to pray for the pastor to pray for the work of the church, to pray for those who are sick or hurting. Good Samaritans are needed to visit, to visit those shut in, sick, elderly, to help with their needs. The council has vacancies, they have room to serve. As we prepare to go into the vineyard, though, We need to be on guard lest we think that this work somehow gives us a right to any of God's blessings. does not. When we do that work, we're simply doing our duty and and no more. We are unworthy servants. It's not our work that determines the degree of our, our blessings. You see, without God's grace, we are good for nothing. And we are standing idle in the marketplace. It is the work of Jesus Christ that has earned us a place in the vineyard. 
It is by the suffering and death of our Savior Jesus that, well, we are made useful to the Heavenly Father. Our sins are forgiven. We don't accomplish by our good works anything that results in the furthering of God's kingdom. You see, that too is simply a gift of God. He provides us with the job. He provides us with the tools. And having saved us and brought us into the vineyard, we're to work. And so we go. As we take a look at the history of God's church, we see that the Lord has done this before. He saved his people out of Egypt. They were in slavery. He brought them out through the Red Sea. But now you see that the large group of Israelites that were being led by God through Moses, by Moses through the wilderness, we see that they complained and they resisted God's guidance. They refused to live as God's people, to work in the vineyard, if you will. They even accused their own Lord of negligence, of malfeasance. And so despite their physical presence with the people of God, the scriptures declare, 1 Corinthians 10.5, but with most of them God was not pleased. In the New Testament, Jesus tells us a story. There were a great deal of workers who entered into the vineyard. The number of hours that they worked varied, but in the end, there were only two kinds of workers. There were those who worked and complained. They got their wages, which is what they were seeking, and they were sent away to hell. With the others, God was well pleased. They were happy to be with the Lord. They trusted in his management of the vineyard. And not only did they remain in the church, but they were graciously compensated far above anything which was required. When it comes to the kingdom of God, there are really only two kinds of people. There are those who trust in the Lord and that are pleased with him. And there are those who are seeking other things and they grumble about the way God does things in his church. Our triune God has revealed to us his motives, his ways in the Holy Scriptures. We find that our Lord desires to save all mankind from the destructive power of sin. He sent his Son who atoned for the sins of the world. God's ways of mercy were seen in the salvation which comes through faith in his Son. And so faith is worked through the preaching of the promise of the gospel. And God calls men into the pastoral office to preach that word and to lead you onto the way of eternal life. But by means of several different stories, our Lord wants us to know that not everyone who is among the group of believers in the church is necessarily a believer. Our Lord has given us the Holy Scriptures. But, but don't trust that that Bible sitting on your table at home is going to save you. Our Lord desires us to hear his message. But, but don't trust that simply having hearing is enough. Moses was read in the promised synagogues. It said every Sabbath day. They heard it. But they were not saved. Our Lord desires to use the pastoral office uh, that you might be saved. But having the pastor as your friend doesn't save. Our Lord has provided the word and sacrament. But don't think that mere attendance 
somehow is a sure sign. There can be many reasons for sitting in the pews. You see, one of the ways in which the Lutheran Church, at least the Church Fathers in America, spoke about this, illustrated this, was by the terms visible church and invisible church. The visible church included all of the people that you could see, but the invisible church were those who had faith in Jesus. And I can't see faith. You see, not everyone who left Egypt was a true Israelite. Not everyone who entered the vineyard was a believer. Some, like the man without the wedding garment or sent away from the marriage feast because they don't believe in Jesus. The reason for this kind of teaching, and again, it's, it's repeatedly given out, is not so that we would learn or lean and be suspicious of, the, of those around and then try to determine, I wonder if you're saved or if you're, someone's not. No, leave that determination to our God. But God's concern is that we might take comfort in things that do not save. Our God is concerned that we would take his gracious gifts and then use them for a different purpose. Our God is concerned that we would neglect his merciful ways and then be sent away. Today's epistle speaks in this way. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in a way in which you receive it, you obtain it. It's illustrating this very same point. If the Christian church is a race, then not all racers receive the prize of eternal life. If the Christian church is working in the vineyard, not all the workers receive eternal life. If the Christian church is a group of hearers, not all the hearers receive. And so, first of all, we need to not be misled that we, well that we don't understand what the real problem is. What is it that God is trying to teach us? The problem is sin. Although God saved the Israelites by means of Moses leading them through the sea, the problem was not being slaves under Pharaoh. The problem was not that they didn't have the Ten Commandments to tell them what to do. The problem was not that they were in the wrong place if they could only get to the land of Israel, the promised land. The problem was not they had a slave's provision of food and it needed to be replaced with the land of flowing with milk and honey. The problem was sin. Second, we need to not be misled to misunderstand the solution. The solution was faith in our Savior, saving us from sin. Although God used Moses, the solution was not an exciting religious leader. Although uh, God replaced the Egyptian idols with a tabernacle that went with them and and, an ornate building, that didn't fix the problem. The solution was not the Ten Commandments and living a life of good work or more works. The solution was not getting dressed up and going to church. The solution was faith in the forgiveness of sins provided by our Savior. Once you take all of these stories and you boil them down into simple terms, 
like sin and forgiveness, it begins to make sense of the myriad of reasons which people give and use for neglecting God's purpose and his ways. When people don't come, they give all kinds of reasons. The times for the service are not convenient. My work week is busy. I, I need some downtime. Sunday's my, my only day off. The pastor doesn't do things the way I like or prefer. All the people there, they kind of aggravate me. They're all sinners and their behavior is sin and forgiveness. Our Lord has instituted the Lord's Supper and he desires us to receive forgiveness. He has a particular purpose in mind. We're not to use this supper for our own purposes, like they would use the vineyard or, or whatever. It's not a snack. We're not to use the Lord's Supper as simply a means of hospitality. Open it up to everyone, make them all feel good. We're not to use this as a means of trying to unite all together. Unity and doctrine comes first, then there comes the eating together. We eat together after there is unity. We're not to be comforted simply by reception. There are some, as Paul says, who receive this not for salvation, but to their harm. We do need to urge people to receive it, yes, but we're not to despise it or take it lightly. We should desire it uh, because it is our Lord's Supper. It is his meal, and he is allowed to do what he wishes with his own things, Oh, we should not turn an evil eye towards it. We should desire to receive this Lord's Supper because we are sinners. And he has forgiveness for us. We confess our sins and do not hold on to them. He desires that we do this in remembering him who has given us his body and blood for that forgiveness. We recall his suffering and death as uh, the complete prize which he has won for our salvation, and we receive it, faithfully trusting in the words. We've been brought into the vineyard. Let us be glad for that invitation to come, that we might receive his gifts, and while we are here, we might be God's children working in his vineyard. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. The Offertory, page 18, we stand.
Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank thee for all thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son, for the revelation of thy will and grace, and we beseech thee so to implant thy word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for thy name and for thy true sake. Comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, But out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessings. Bless our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary. We ask also that it would be upon our sister congregation, Faith Lutheran in Oregon, and Pastor Mensing. Bless our armed forces, including Jason and Blake, our police officers, Daniel and Alex, our shut-ins, Carolyn and Patty, our elderly, Violet and Tom. Also be with Susan and her child, with our students, with Tom and Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie and Alexis. Provide for the needs of Larry and Deb, uh, Christina, Jim and Charlotte, uh, also Rusty, who has a a brain tumor, uh, with uh, Joyce of declining health. And we ask that you would comfort Patty, uh, even as uh, she uh, put to rest her uh, father this week, uh, reminding her of that resurrection and happy reunion in heaven. These and whatsoever other things thou would have us ask of thee, O God, vouchsafe unto us 
For the sake of the bitter suffering and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Eucharist becomes our Holy Supper, our Lord Jesus Christ. Become us diligently to examine ourselves as St. Paul is fortified. So this holy sacrament has been instituted for the special comfort and thanks, special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their sins and who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we must examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but only sin and death. From which we can ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ hath had mercy upon us, and hath taken upon himself our nature, that so he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance suffer death, and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end that we should the more confidently believe this and be strengthened by our faith in a cheerful obedience to his holy will. He hath instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feedeth us with his body, and giveth us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoso eateth of this bread, and drinketh of this cup, firmly believing the words of Christ, dwelleth in Christ, and Christ in him, and hath eternal life. We should also do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses, and raised again for our justification. And rendering unto him most hearty thanks for the same, take up our cross and follow him. And according to his commandment, love one another, even as he hath loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup.
Lord of heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. We implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us for the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we our Lord. upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord looked up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.